I'm Adam Pendlebury. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Barry Worthington. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. So we've got a new boss. Didn't take us long to appoint after we'd sacked. Saturday, Sean Maloney takes training and is announced as Wigan Athletic Manager, along with Graham Barrow and Max Rogers, who we'll talk a little bit about those two in, in a moment. Bringing back what is essentially a club legend, I think it's put a bit of a, a bounce around the place. And there's, there's quite a lot of buzz among, amongst staff as well, from what I've been seeing and picking up. Yeah, I thought you were referring to Jonathan there when you talk about bringing back a club legend. I, I mean, it's a big opportunity to just reset right off the Colo era and start going again, isn't it? Good appointment, Jonathan. Well, well, first of all, when Adam sent me a text on Thursday um, morning to say, would you fancy coming on the podcast? And, and you kindly invited me on at that time. Uh, I didn't think there'd be a great deal to, to talk about, apart from, you know, the run of form and uh, how, we, how we're going to get out of it, uh, the position we're in at the bottom of the championship. But obviously, a lot can happen in football. And in the in the last three days, a lot's changed. It's always, you know, sad to see see a manager lose his job. And and, uh, and I know I went through quite a few managerial changes when when I was chief executive at the club. So it's, it's always a difficult time. Uh, and, and I think there is far too much emphasis placed on, on managers these days, you know, by the media and by supporters. I think we all, uh, you know, there's a, people think that they're going to be miracle workers and they're going to change everything just by the mere presence. So I think there's a lot more to, to be said about the role of the manager these days and how that's evolved and how it's changed. And, you know, the the the, the transition from the, the all-encompassing manager who's in charge of everything to do with football these days to, to more of a head coach whose job it is to develop players and, and and win football matches. But I think in terms of Sean Maloney, I think it, it's great for the club to, to be able to turn to somebody who the supporters know, who's got recent history with the club uh, and who's a, a very smart, intelligent coach who's just starting off in his, his coaching career. Uh, and, and I think in the short term, that, that means that fans are a little bit more forgiving in terms of results, uh, and and hopefully, you know, Sean turns out to be a brilliant coach and manager for, for Wigan Athletic. We've appointed a number of former Athletics players, haven't we, over the years as as managers, and a number of those for different reasons have been legends. You know, obviously Caldwell was player of the season in that fantastic 2011-2012 season. Obviously, Graham Barrow, Roberto, Paul Cook as well, obviously. Paul Jewell, I keep coming. <laughs> they get that bit of extra time, I guess, really, because I mean, you could argue Paul, Paul Jewell and do a number of times where he could have gone. And if you think about Roberto, those results, the 9-1s, the 8-0s, the 6-0s, there were certainly people then who were wanting Martinez to go. You could argue that yeah, you get you get goodwill at the start, but that can that can quickly change. It's good that he's played for the club, but ultimately what we want to see is that there is there is improvement on the coaching side, getting better uh, out of some of the players, you know, tactically as well. But like Jonathan said, you can't just click his fingers and just just come in and everything's going to be rosy. So 
yeah, I'm very pleased to see to see him back. Hopefully, I'll all tie in with the sort of meet and greet as well, which he was part of last time, and get that positivity because I think that's important as a club to get that positivity after what's been a very difficult period. We'll come to that in a moment, Adam. A little bit of something mm. you've let slip there, what we've got planned, but we'll come to that. I think it's a, a very emotive appointment because the club as a whole went through hell of a lot with the administration. And the man who led us through that, Liam Richardson, he's got a place in the hearts of the fans that's going to last a lifetime. And when he lost his job back in November, we lost a little bit as a, as a club then. We were replaced with somebody out of left field who nobody expected coming in. And I don't think Colo really connected with the supporters. I don't think there's been any connection. He's not done a fans forum. He's not done... We had a, a something in the Wheelands Bar with the supporters club and it was Kevin Betsy who turned up there to speak. There was something definitely missing there, that little bit of connection. And I think with Sean Maloney coming in, I think it's a very wise appointment because straight away he's talking about the connection with the supporters. And when you listen to his interview, he says in it, and I'll quote, I want the fans to see a team that is giving absolutely everything, fighting to get better, and the supporters need to feel that. The connection is there with the supporters. We just need to reawaken it. And and I think that is a very emotive line to take but I think it's it's one that could just give you that naught point one percent to to fire something up in the players and and maybe just get us out of trouble clearly the players are going to be affected by the sacking of Liam Richardson it's going to have affected them as much as the fans now you kind of go back with Sean Maloney the connection is back you look at Langit when he spotted Graham Barrow in the crowd at, at Shrewsbury it's the first bloke he wanted to come and have all with and he's come back. So there's a lot of that emotive connection back to more successful times. And you, you look and you think, this team, with with a few that have come in and, and, and potentially improved it over January, this team was knocking on the door of mid-table earlier on in the season before we started this tough time. And I think if you just get a bit of positivity, you can soon be back there. So where do we think all this unfolded? I mean, it was a very, very quick appointment. All I can say is I've had experience uh, in, you know, working in, in a football club and working uh, working athletic. I have no idea what happens at the moment because that's something that, unless you're involved, you, you know, you don't know the full story. So all supporters and the media can do outside is to speculate. But I, I do know from... You know, from my experiences, that that uh, it's very difficult when you're appointing a manager um, and when you're judging a manager because there's so much pressure from the outside to, you know, to get things right and make a change. You've got to make a change because we've lost a game, and it, you know, these people are human beings at the end of the day, and we have to be careful that you know that we, we remember that. Uh, and they're just one employee in in a in a football club that has many employees. Even the football department is these days. Football clubs have evolved to be, you know large departments that have so many specialists and, and experts within football departments. So the manager is not expected to do everything like he used to be. Now you've got whole teams of, of people who are involved in the recruitment side of, of players, identifying talent. You've got experts involved in sports science and, and the medical department, the logistics in terms of the training ground and organising everything, psychology, nutrition. You've got all, you know, the manager isn't expected to know all that these days, which is which is great. And I think that's, that's the way that football's evolved. But the, there is still that spotlight and that attention that's placed on managers. You know, you only have to look at, you know, uh, open up any any uh, newspaper if they if they still exist these days. Newspapers, but you only have to open up newspapers to see that the back page is, is dominated by Lampard and 
uh, Teta and Klopp and, and Moyes. Uh, and, and it's just, it's unfair to put all that emphasis on managers because the most important people are the players that are on the pitch and they're, they're the ones that are uh, uh, the key to a, a football success, obviously. Uh, the manager is very, very important. And, and in my experience, when you appoint a manager and it starts to go wrong, which happened a couple of times when, when I was at the club, you know pretty soon, you know, that, that things aren't going well. You, you are hoping that they change quickly and that, that you start to win football matches and, you know, that uh, things become a bit more positive. But it can be a bit of a downward spiral if, 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 if you know, the team isn't winning matches or, or at least starts to create better results or, or positivity or, or things don't start to improve. It's very, very difficult to get out of that, that spiral. And I think the board have made a very brave decision in acting quickly and saying, look, it wasn't working, made the decision back in November. And now they're saying, no, that, that, you know, that clearly hasn't worked and we're going to try something else. I think that's a brave decision to, to act so quickly. Um, you want to give people as much time as possible to, to, to have an effect on, on the squad and the football club. But of course, Colo Toure was only here for a couple of months and, that's that's not long enough, but clearly the board felt that it was the right decision to to make a change again. And as I say, I think that's a brave decision, and uh, and hopefully they, they feel that Sean Maloney is a, is a better fit for the football club, and, and we'll see if that happens in the future. And uh, I look forward to seeing Sean as, as manager of Wigan Athletic. Adam, do you think it was lined up before he got sacked? He was certainly in the running, wasn't he, for the the previous time it was advertised. Obviously impressed. He was available. It was done very quickly. So it sounded, it looks to me like there'd been some feelers out about whether he'd be interested because it was very it was very quick. But obviously there was a time pressure; it needed to be quick because we've obviously got we've got the 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 sort of transfer window coming. You know, we couldn't have two weeks again of long interview processes. I just wanted a couple of questions for um, for Jonathan. One one he sort of alluded to already with the the pressure that's often put on the board. I mean, there was a little time under Paul Cook, sort of in that November, December of his second season in the Championship, where you, you, you'd see the uh, what I call the morning West Stand <laughs> turning turning towards the board and saying, you know, it's, it's time to go. He hadn't won an away game in eternity. The home form was pretty poor at that time, but we were very close in games. And I I, I remember one of our meetings. I think. It, I don't know if it was yourself or Darren Royal was talking about expected goals. And when you look at those like statistics, is that something that's really important at that time rather than a knee-jerk reaction just based on results? 100% as a, as a board, you've got to look at the performances rather than results. Results, I know, you know, it's all about results. People say it's a results game, yeah. But, but when you're judging people, people's jobs on, on, in a short space of time, there's far more that you you look at. You look at you look at the behaviour within the club and and how they how they go about the job, how the impact that they have on on the players and and other staff, uh, how committed they are to the to the and how passionate they are to the job. And it's it takes a, a long time to to you know instill um, the the particular methods into on the training ground. You know the clubs should have a philosophy. And the, and the manager comes in and, and complements that and, uh, and and drives the club forward. Uh, but you you have to look at many different things, and it's not just about results. But but clearly the results weren't great for Colo. But uh, you know, as regards anything else, I, 
you know, it's very difficult to say, uh, but but clearly the board felt that there was a change was needed. Um, but you, you do look at underlying performances rather than results. Paul, do you think that he was lined up before Cola was sacked? Yeah, like Jonathan's saying there, you, you, you're looking at more than just the results. The results generate the pressure when they when they don't go well. But, you know, we've seen we've seen Martinez get backed when, when results weren't going well. But there was signs of the green shoots in the performances. There was massive amounts of stuff being done behind the scenes with the academy and, and what have you. I'm putting that philosophy in place. And, I, you know, I think the top and bottom of it, without putting words in Jonathan's mouth, is you think it's going to get a lot better. And I think at this point with Colo, somebody's obviously decided that they don't think it's going to get a lot better or it's going to get far too worse before it gets better. You've got an interview process that was only a few weeks ago. It's not going to be too difficult to go to somebody who you interviewed and said, yeah, we, we've clearly got this wrong. He impressed us for these reasons, but so did you. Can you now come and fix it or, or try and fix it? And I think, like we said earlier, the feelers will have been out. Are you still interested? Would have been if we pull the plug now. That feeds into your decision as to whether or not you're going to pull the plug. Because if you've got a ready answer, you can pull the plug. Sean Malone is coming. He's brought with him, as I mentioned, Graham Barra and Max Rogers. Now, Graham Barra knows the club inside out. Manager, player, manager, coach, scout, you name it, Graham Barra's done it. He's on the terraces with us as well. Club man through and through. And I think we all know what Graham Barra brings. But Max Rogers, a bit of a bit of an unknown quantity. I've just done a, a little bit of research into him. I know Sean Bologna spoke about he shares his philosophy on coaching and that, and he, he said he's a really good coach. Spent time at St. Mirren. I think he was the academy coach. He's also been at Shrewsbury, but I couldn't find the timeline to see if it was a time when Graham Barra were there, so I'm not too sure if they overlap there and they know each other. But he's worked in America quite a bit as well. I saw a clip yesterday on on Latic's official Twitter account, and it, it was a snippet of training going ahead, and Max Rogers was reading a list of players and he barked the names out, and they didn't hesitate. They just ran over to him straight away. So he looks to me like he's a little bit of a disciplinarian, maybe a little bit old school. I mean, it was like McGuinness, Lang, etc., etc., in a broad Scottish accent, not that Wigan one when I did then. He did look very authoritarian. Maybe that's needed at this time, and we know what Graham Barra's like. You don't mess with Graham Barra. Something else Sean Maloney mentioned in his interview yesterday, which was, if you've not seen the interview, you go onto Latic's official website and have a look. It's an absolute belter. But he mentioned the fact that he's got room to bring another coach in as well. So uh, he's that. But also he said that he's identified areas of the team that, that need help and there will be... He hinted very strongly that there's going to be incomings in the next few days. It's not left us much time with the windows shut in on Tuesday at five o'clock, Jonathan. A bit of a mad rush. We've been here before in mad rushes. I remember Warren Joyce and uh, the last day signings there. What sort of pressure will a CEO feel over the next two or three days? It all depends on, on the, the club and the structure of the club um, that, that, that where, where the CEO is, really. Um, you know, the, these Wigan days, Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> well, these businesses, as I said, at the, at the top level of Premier League, um, the the way that players are recruited, identified, and recruited is is very different to how it used to be. And there's uh, different members of staff that have responsibility and accountability for identifying and and recruiting those players. Um, and you can see that the basically there's two there's two clubs that have have 
have disrupted the football industry recently. Brighton and Brentford have just been excellent at the way that they recruit players um, and they've, the way they've, they've gone about the business very, very differently to other clubs. And they're now both, both top 10 football Premier League clubs and have, have sold players, you know, I think both clubs have sold players for over two, 200 million pounds in the, in the last few years, which, which is extraordinary and just, just, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And, and they've kind of disrupted the market so that a lot of clubs are, are trying to replicate that model. I think there's a lot of clubs still using the traditional model where the manager has a, you know, a, a huge say in, in the players that are recruited and, and in many ways is responsible for that. Um, I think they are two totally different things, but but obviously it's important that the manager is involved in the process. Three days is not a long time to identify, analyse, interpret data and look at ways in which those players can be recruited. Identify all the players that you need and, and the, the, the positions that you need and identify the best players within the budget that you, that, uh, that you can find that are out there. It, it, it just isn't possible. However... There are, you know, there are different ways in which to recruit players, and it may be that that we look at players that are in the short term that 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 are needed to to improve the squad. Uh, it might be that the decision is that we go with the squad that we've got rather than you know have a mad dash in three days, uh, because that's it's it's easy to make mistakes and to spend money that that you know you don't get a return on. So it's difficult to say, but it but three days isn't a long time. However. In my experience, three hours is, is long enough to to recruit, you know, players. So it can be, uh, it, it'll be a, a very busy uh, time. I would have th- thought between now and the thirty first of, of January, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's it's not a long time. But we've, you know, you know as, as you've identified, we've already brought in players uh, to improve the squad, uh, and it's it's important that money isn't spent in haste that doesn't improve us, and I think that's important to, to recognise as well. I guess the January window is a lot tougher for you than the summer window, Jonathan. It's a bit more short-termism because you say, well, shall we invest to, to get maybe into the playoffs or throw a lot of money at trying to stay in the league? That's kind of a, a short-termism, isn't it? And sometimes the best windows are when you do very little. Uh, so how much pressure is there on you in terms of being offered players, your agent, ringing around to see if you'd be interested in or is it more a case of you ringing around, seeing who who might be interested? Well, these days clubs shouldn't be ringing around, you know, no, asking, no, no, asking no. for players. It, it's <laughs> it, you know, it's all should be done through the data and and got so much information available on players all over the world these days. Obviously, Brexit came along and uh, and restricted uh, the ability of EFL clubs to sign international players. But certainly, you know, uh, it's the other way around these days that, that clubs identify players and, and then go after recruiting them. You're right, in the January window, it is harder because players are tend to be under contract, whereas in the summer, there's a lot more players that are out of contract. You have a, a longer period to recruit those players. And of course, you're not playing football, well, certainly not until until August. So January is a is thirty days where there can a lot changes, a lot moves, but players tend to be more expensive as well because they're under contract. Clubs don't want to lose players. It, it makes it very difficult to recruit players in January, and it is harder. Um, and just just thinking about deadline signings, going back to two thousand and eleven, uh, our deadline signing on, on the thirty first of August was was a Sean Maloney from Celtic. I, I remember I remember it well. Sean walked in and he he was very um, for a footballer. You you know sometimes they come in with ripped jeans and 
for twos and jewelry and 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 Sean was didn't look like a footballer in that respect very quiet and thoughtful he didn't play actually immediately in fact he didn't he didn't start again for us until March so there was a long period where he didn't play and I felt really bad actually that we brought Sean from Celtic he'd previously played for Aston Villa come down from Scotland played for Aston Villa and I don't think that had gone too well uh, and we brought him from Celtic and again he wasn't playing and and I felt really bad for Sean because you know clearly he was a talented player but just couldn't get in our team and then he he made his debut away at Norwich and he came on and changed the game and then we went on that season to to beat Manchester United where Sean scored Liverpool away where Sean scored and uh Arsenal away and we went on a fantastic run and Sean was a major part of that so it just shows that time footballers need time as well and not just football managers but football players as well and uh, and he proved to be a fantastic signing for the club it scored a goal in the semi-final of the FA Cup and set the winning goal up in the FA Cup final as well so he's, he's absolutely a Wigan Athletic legend and uh, it's great to see him back but managing a football team is very very different and and I think Sean spent a lot of time by the sounds of it uh, learning his 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 trade in terms of coaching he's been at Belgium with Roberto Martinez alongside Graham Jones and uh, Anthony Barry and Thierry Henry so some he's worked with some really good people and uh, and it sounds like he's he's spent a lot of time watching other teams watching other managers talking to other managers and 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 learning his trade so so hopefully he'll bring all that knowledge and expertise with him in what is a, a very difficult situation and uh, certainly the next three days will be very very interesting for him as he as he tries to uh, get to know his squad straight away but also with it being the transfer window as well it's a it's an, it'll be an interesting time I'm very happy with him coming in. I think it's a really positive appointment. He's such a bubbly personality as well. I think he's just injected that, I'll say it again, that buzz into in, into the fans, the club. I think it's a really good appointment. I'm very, very pleased. Uh, one thing he said in his interview yesterday, because he kept going on about his style and his philosophy, he said, style, honestly, it's not the most important thing. Both boxes will get us winning games. I have ideas to improve. Start winning games then the style will come. That's absolutely brilliant. Talking of, of players coming in, we've signed three players already, like you said. Two have come in on loan, and the other one's a short-term contract until the end of the season, so not splashing out a lot. We're linked with Martin Kelly from West Brom. He's 32 years old, ex-Crystal Palace. He's played at Liverpool as well. I don't know if there's any truth in the rumour that he's coming in or not. Two things to report from our loans who have gone out. Graham Shinney played for Aberdeen yesterday and Josh Stones came on for the last 10 minutes as Ross County beat Kilmarnock 3-0. That's really good for Josh. He's some great experience. Thank you very much, Jonathan, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. So until next time, it's a goodbye from me and up the ticks. Come on. Right, before we do finish, something to mention about the Uddersfield game. Operation Uddersfield. If you cast your minds back to 2011-2012, we had a rally to meet the players before the game to give them that extra extra buzz. We're going to do it again. Just keep checking out our social media with more details. Keep it away from the players so they don't find out. And, and Unless they listen to this podcast. Well, I don't think they do. But Operation Uddersfield. 
That's the buzzword. So until next time, it's a goodbye from me and up the ticks. Come on. (laughs) 